Hello and welcome to the Amazon Women on the Moon segment-by-segment podcast. Uh, This is a podcast that is going to go uh, segment-by-segment through the uh, singular sketch comedy film of the 80s, Amazon Women on the Moon. This is being produced by Darren Husted. Uh, This is episode zero, in which we're just going to give a brief overview of what this movie is and what this podcast is going to be like. And for this discussion... Uh, my name, it, well, my name is always Joel Bacher, but for this discussion in particular, it's also Joel Bacher. And uh, joining me are uh, Tim. Tim, if you can introduce yourself. Uh, hi, everybody. I am Tim Holsizer, and I've worked with Darren Husted before. Uh, he's a something of an indie podcasting mogul at this point. <laughs> Glad to be here. And Brian. Yeah, I'm uh, Brian Lockhart, and I've, I've also just recently podcasted with Darren, but uh, I, I do podcasts on my own as well, and uh, we're here to talk about Amazon Women on the Moon. Darren has cornered the market, I think, on the niche granular breakdowns of uh, films and albums, and and uh, I don't know if he's done television yet, but but really really diving into the, the uh, nuts and bolts of these different projects. So um, when he approached me about Amazon Women on the Moon, um, I, I knew the title. I and I'd have a very, very distinct memory of seeing the video case in the video. I'm of an age where if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to go down to the video store and wander amongst the boxes and find something that uh, hopefully did not uh, did not promise more than it was going to deliver on the video box art, which so many of them did. Um, (laughs) But I have a distinct memory of this video case of what looks like the invisible man uh, clutching at his head while all, all sorts of cartoon madness bursts out of it. Um, and that is the extent thus far of my knowledge of this film, really, other than reading a little bit of what Joe Dante had to say about his experience making it. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I know relatively little about this film other than that it is a rare beast. It's a sketch film uh, with several different um, uh, segments that as far as I know are independent and not interrelated in any way and there's there is a there is a precious handful of these kinds of movies um kentucky fried movie being one um and there was one recently that i gather was absolutely god-awful and then i'm blanking on the title of it's like movie 42 or movie 43 or something like that oh yeah Um, yeah i know you're i've never seen it but yeah you're 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 spot on it's either 42 or 43 (laughs) it's something like that and all i remember is just this the the uh, aghast reactions of critics like how in god's name did they talk people into doing this movie um but but tim and brian you you have both seen this film so i'm going to cede the floor to you because you have more experience than i do yeah i I mean i I could start out i've seen this movie several times um as a matter of fact uh, i don't know if darren and i both kind of had a a deep impact uh armageddon type situation or if if I had kind of been having the idea of doing this as a like a mini group project. Uh, Jim O'Kane does the Movies by Minutes yearly um, group project. This year we're doing Silverado. Oh, nice! He takes the host. Yeah, a great movie, and I look forward to doing that. And he, ta- you know, basically he gets he he produces a group project for any Movie by Minutes hosts who want to join along. And I've known some. Other, I know some other people have done some smaller kind of projects like that, and I was. I always kind of thought Amazon Women on the Moon would make a great project like that. It's obviously smaller in scale, but I'm like, if you break it up by segment, you can get a couple of hosts to do each thing. And uh, Darren reached out to me and he said, hey, how serious are you about that? And I'm like, well, I said, I'm not doing it anytime soon. He's like, well, do you mind if I do it? And I'm like, 
go for it. <laughs> and, and here we are. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have recently rewatched it, uh, not too long ago and it's, it still holds up in my opinion. Um, but it was one that once it was, it was introduced to me as a kid, I think the art, uh, the very first sketches with Arsenio Hall and it's like a Looney Tunes, um, little bit you know, as it goes on, it's very funny. So, you know, obviously there's some inappropriate stuff for a child to watch in this movie. It is R rated, but that was one of those things where I think my dad most likely showed it to me because he's like, well, I could show this one segment, you know, and it would be okay. And, but from there, you know, it's, it was on HBO or Cinemax all the time. And (laughs) it was one I revisited often. Um, So, so, I mean, to me, some sketches are better than others. And I think it's funny that the box art focuses on the Invisible Man and everything coming out of that. They're like there is a through line for this movie. There, it's it's a bunch of independent sketches, but there is like a core, cohesive, like thought behind the movie, and then it kind of branches out from there. Kind of like the Kentucky Fried movie. There's a movie within the movie that we're trying to watch, and for whatever reason, like where Kentucky Fried movie it had fistful of yen. And that was like right. the main yeah. Kentucky Fried Theater that you're there, and everything else was either an ad or, you know, some or like a, a trailer or a preview or some other wacky thing that just kind of happened. And this, there's literally Amazon Women on the Moon. That's we're trying to watch a 1950s B movie on TV, but for whatever reason, we keep getting a lot of commercials and ads. Although some of these sketches don't really they don't really function as an ad. They're just kind of random. So it's, it's all. So the fact that the invisible man is the, on the cover art doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess how do you put a fifties B movie and not make it look like any other fifties B movie? You know, you, you, you need mm-hmm. to show that there's like a, there's more going on than just <laughs> a, a parody of a, of a B movie. So um, I, I'll show my hand. I think this movie is hilarious. Not every skit is as funny as every other. And I, did not realize that at the time when I watched this that John, I mean, I knew John Landis was uh, involved with this. I didn't realize he directed Kentucky Fried Movie. And right, so yeah. he's definitely got some, you know, familiarity with this style. <laughs> it would end up, maybe that's why it seems so similar. But I didn't know that there's literally what, like five different directors. So they each took various sketches. And that's why it's kind of all over the place. Um, kind of like they did Casino Royale, but that was supposed to be the original Casino Royale, which that was supposed to be a movie that was supposed to have one, you know, not like different skits. It was supposed to be one long movie, but it was all over the place because of the different styles of directing. So, right. So, yeah, that, I, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, the, the original Casino Royale seems like a movie that got away from its makers in the, pro- <laughs> in the process of making it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, when we break down each, you know, individual segment, cause I think that'll be a lot of fun, but this is a, this is a fun movie that I've revisited multiple times over, over the years. Yeah. Looking at the, uh, looking at the Wikipedia, the, the directors are, we have John, the most, to me, the, the names that immediately jump out are Landis and, and Joe Dante as as two of the the better known filmmakers who are involved making sketches in this but we've also got uh carl gottlieb robert k weiss um peter horton and uh that looks like looks like that covers it but that's that's an unusual number of directors for a film uh and this is an incredibly stacked cast just looking at the people who no pun intended yeah 
who are <laughs> no pun definitely intended, depending on, oh, on okay. who we're talking about. But I mean, <laughs> you, you already mentioned Arsenio Hall. We've also got uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Joe Pantoliano, Griffin Dunn, David Allen Greer, Rosanna Arquette, um, uh, Ed Bagley Jr., Carrie Fisher, Paul Bartel, uh, just a, a, a murderer's row of 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 actors in this project. Uh, Landis and Dante must have been calling in some favors to get uh, to get this this. Although I mean, some of these people were probably just starting out at this time. I don't know how well known Arsenio Hall was. Um, that when this, this was the first. This was the first thing that I've seen Arsenio Hall in. In fact, um, I remember being like when he would start. I think this was even well for me because I was a kid. This was before I even realized that he was hooking up with Eddie Murphy all the time. So I'm like, you know, this that's what I knew him from. He was the guy from the apartment sketch. Right. <laughs> you know, from Amazon Women on the Moon. And David Allen Greer was always going to be, you know, Black Guys Without Soul. Because that's what I knew him from. I, I think this was before in Living Color. So when he I was on Living yeah. Color. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy from, <laughs> you know, from that. And, and David Allen Greer, I think it's hilarious. But I think he was... I don't know how well known he was at this point. Not very at this point. Eighty seven. Yeah. yeah. But like I didn't I didn't realize Peter Horton, he's the guy from thirty something and he's in one of the sketches and he also did some of the directing. So uh that I did not know either. And and he, and he can't leave out Steve Gutenberg because everybody know, loves Mahoney. The Goot. Oh the Goot. <laughs> yeah, what has become Steve of Steve Goot. Gutenberg? Is he doing anything at all? I I, I can't even remember. Remember the Darren will probably cut this out because I'm just blathering on, but it just suddenly dawned <laughs> on me that I have zero idea what Steve Gutenberg is up to. He doesn't he hasn't gone alt right as far as I know, as many of these washed up celebrities have. But the last time I was aware of a Steve Gutenberg performance was uh, the show Party Down had an episode at his house in 2010 and he played himself. <laughs> That's the last I, I was aware. Well, that represents a certain degree of, of uh, meta fame, the ability to appear in something as yourself. True, true. So, Tim, what is your what is your background with this movie? Uh, yeah, Amazon Women. Uh, I, growing up as a teen, I discovered me and my, you know, um, again, I'm like, I'm with you. Uh, I grew up in the age of video stores, Joel, and um, I, me and my friends discovered Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, around the time of i don't know middle school and uh we just we thought that was just the funniest thing in the world watched it a lot uh and again that's landis so which is why we keep uh mentioning it in the same breath as this movie everyone um and then uh later on amazon women again uh, uh like you i would see it in the video store and, and be intrigued but um it wasn't until a little bit later that i uh rented that and checked it out and um, I, I, th- I, I definitely agree that there's some really some high moments in Amazon Women on the Moon. I, I think it's not quite it's a little more uneven for me than something like Kentucky Fried Movie. I, I'm not sure why. It's just the taste thing. Probably there's some great performances in this, obviously. Um, but I just I don't go back to Amazon Women quite as often as I do Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, uh, I, in fact, before this week, when I rewatched it, I probably hadn't seen this in 20 years, 15 years, something like that. Um, and, uh, there's definitely some, some, still some great stuff in here. And like you said, it's, it's a murderer's row of talent. It's incredible. Um, and it's, it's also funny because, um, you know, in, in the intervening years, 
I've watched more things and now I get more of the references, uh, like the actual Amazon women on the moon, um, interstitial that, that is seated through this movie. Uh, it, I've since watched, uh, riff tracks did cat women of the moon. And, uh, it's so clear that Amazon women borrowed wholesale from that movie. Uh, not that they're hiding it, but, uh, it's just amazing how, how similar it is and how they really capture that all the feel and look of, of those horrible low budget 50 sci-fi movies. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my experience with it. It's, it is a very good sketch movie. Um, these kind of things always have, you know, their ups and downs, but, uh, it's kind of fun to have your favorite sketches. And when you meet someone that's seen it, you can say, Oh yeah, I like that one too. So I'm excited to discuss it. It is such a unique subgenre of of movie. There's there are very very few of them, and I was I was trying to think before before we started this. There's Kentucky Fried Movie, obviously, which has come up. Um, whether you want to count, and now for something completely different, the Monty Python film is mm. is because it's basically a selection of their sketches from their show, but refilmed and re-edited for the film. And then the the previously mentioned movie uh, n- n- number to be de- to be misremembered for movie 42 or movie 43. <laughs> and I can't th- I may be blanking on one that's really super obvious, but I can't think of any others that are are simply selections of of sketch. Oh, wait, there's something called like the groove tube or something like that, which is another one. I remember seeing the video box and just being like yeah no i don't i don't think so yeah, and then yeah. Were, oh, i've seen that i've seen that that's with chevy chase is in it i think that's and i remember something about just literally poop coming out of a faucet or something and that's all i can well that sounds hilarious that yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> it's i think it's i think it's another one of those where there's a couple gems in there but it's not it's not at this level I know that there was. Uh, didn't the Onion do a movie? I don't. I don't know if it was quite like this, but. Oh, you know what they did. They had another. It was another one where it was like there was kind of a a, a through uh, a storyline throughout, but it then it would go and do different sketches or different um, news. It was. It was the Onion, the movie, and it's not bad. There's a couple funny bits in it. Again, there's. I'd say it's mostly not good, hmm. but there was some good, you know, really funny stuff in it. Like, because at the time it was very. The problem with a lot of these type of movies is they're very dated. When you go back to watch them, yeah, like the, the Onion movie, yeah, exactly, yeah, for sure. The, the the good thing about something like Amazon Women on the Moon or even Kentucky Fried Movie, a lot of these are based on classic movies. So everybody, mm-hmm. well, hopefully everybody has seen a B movie at some point. Everybody and some of the some of the skits might be dated as well. Because uh, I know there's like some 80s music video type skits, but like with The Onion, they they made fun of Britney Spears a lot. Well, Britney Spears was a thing at a certain moment in time, right? And especially when she was at the height of her, you know, fame. Um, so it's yeah, it's a little day. But the, uh, I was just looking up GrooveTube real quick. I mean, it does have Richard Belzer, Chevy Chase. It's, it's another, and that actually was um, came out in '74. I think that I think that predates all these other. Uh, sketch movies wow oh interesting then there's there's also you know you get some movies that uh they're not 
quite sketch movies, but they they kind of hang a loose plot over stuff that's <clears throat> clearly parody. Like uh, the, there's that uh, early '90s movie "Stay Tuned" with John Ritter. That's oh yeah yeah. <laughs> they keep going in and out of obviously parodies of other things. Right, a series of parodies of like bad TV and and so forth. I mean, in some ways, the Zucker Abrams style of comedy, which I mean, those those were the guys who uh, wrote Kentucky Fried Movie. And as far as I know, are not in any way involved with this. But, you know, the airplane naked gun style of movies, they're not sketch movies by any means. They have plots and they have, you know, consistent characters throughout. But it is the plot is an excuse for a series of gags that may or may not have any like connection to reality or the real world. Like there's, they operate on Looney Tunes logic where right. if it's funny, it happens whether or not it has any, any connection to anything else, which um, I, I haven't really revisited those movies in a long time. But the last time I watched airplane, I, I remember thinking it was still as funny as when I saw it when I was, you know, 10 years old and thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. I, w- yeah. I watched it a month ago with, to show it to my son for the first time. And, and he laughed. And of course I, I laughed at everything. So it, it to me, it still holds up. <laughs> yeah. Other than a, a few dated things that are just cultural reference references of the time, it doesn't have a lot right. of, um, it's not like one of these movies where it's not really parodying a bunch of different things that, that someone now doesn't remember. It's, it's definitely more situation based. Yeah, here's a prime example of Airplane and why a movie like that works better than, say, date movie. You know, those like Ugh. those type of movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> the <laughs> All right, so they did a, like, I use this all the time. Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. <laughs> and I used it the other day. And, 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 and then my dog threw up and I said, oh, you know, my dog never throws up, you know, at home. <laughs> now, okay, so... So that we're laughing because that that's an old Folgers commercial, right? You know, they go to the neighbors and and, and he goes, actually, I will have another second cup of coffee, and and you know, and the wife's like, oh, what's what am I doing different? It's very funny. So I mean, it's just that's what it was. It was like a seventies, eighties commercial. So here we are on airplane, and they parody that. But then what makes it so that's on this when that happens? Okay, it's funny if you get the reference. But what makes it funny is later when he when the guy's throwing up and she does it again, right? <laughs> like. And so now, so my son could laugh at that who doesn't know the original reference, but yeah. Yeah, somebody like myself who who knows the original reference can now laugh at the reference and the fact that they, they took it to the next level. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately with these, a lot of these date movies, superhero movies, yeah, you'll get a funny bit here and there, but it's mostly just like something parodying of the moment. And usually there's no setup and payoff. Like that's a setup and payoff. So you got it. You got a quick parody, but then it pays off later too. Um, I, I just think these movies were just well were thought out a lot more than um, some of these other sketches. And like I said, so Amazon Women on the Moon has a lot of thought put into most of the sketches. So I I remember reading when I when I was so un, perhaps unsurprisingly when I was a kid I was a nerd and I used to read Starlog <laughs> magazine, which was de- dedicated to to science fiction. An interview with Joe Dante because he had just put out Inner Space, the movie with um, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Right. And unprompted in the course of the interview, he says to the interviewer, uh, "Ask me about Amazon Women on the Moon." And <laughs> the interview, you know, gamely plays along. And from what I recall, and it has been several decades since I've read this, 
Dante's opinion was that the title sunk the movie because Ooh. he it was a sketch film. And I guess there was some discussion at one point that they were going to call it like Kentucky Fried Movie 2 or something like that. And they went with the Amazon Women on the Moon title. And in Dante's opinion, that screwed the movie because people didn't know what to make of that and thought, oh, this is just going to be some kind of dopey science fiction movie and didn't go to see it. And so it was not particularly financially successful at the time. Now, I don't know that there's any act. You know, it's hard to say. It's easy to say what it could have should is about things that have already happened. I only I personally think Amazon Women on the Moon is a fantastic title, and I certainly remember it more than I would remember you know, generics. Obviously, none of us can remember what that movie 43 or 42 or 41 is. Um, 44. 44, yeah. But when, so when you first saw this title, what was your assumption based on the title Amazon Women on the Moon? I actually got to say, I as a kid, I did, when seeing it in the video store, I probably did assume that it was something to do with um, sexploitation or like like i you know like there's another movie like uh avocado women in the jungle of death or something oh sure which um that was a usa up all night staple as i recall (laughs) i I probably assumed it was something along those lines um until you know i actually picked it up looked at the back and stuff like that realized it was a sketch movie yeah i i would say i don't remember because obviously i was shown like hey watch right. this movie and it's me but whenever i tell anybody about hey have you ever seen amazon women on the moon and they're like what the hell is that <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because i think everybody get, gets that same kind of impression like what kind of midnight driving movie you know like you said up all night cinemax type mm-hmm you know, Skinamax movie is this. And if you know what it's based on, the title makes perfect sense. Right. But, but the problem is, you you know, you look and it's kind of, I don't know, you just look at it and, and like, if you were going to call movie phone and they're like, Amazon women on the moon, or you look, you're like, I'm not going to go see this trash, whatever it is. Uh, the box art, if you're in the video store, it's a little bit different. Cause you're like, it really has nothing to do with women on the front of the, right. of the box art. So you go, what, what the heck is this? And then you look and you go, okay. But the title oh, alone does not lend itself to, but it is, it's a good title, but I can see why it would be bad for marketing. Yeah. I mean, well, on the one hand, I can see where Dante's coming from with that. But on, on the other hand, you know, there had to have been trailers and, and reviews on TV with Siskel and Ebert and stuff that telling people what it was. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, what's funny about this movie too, is as much as I like it, I feel like Kentucky Fried movie is more like manic or I, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but it's like, this seems more low key. Like yeah. everything's just kind of, it's almost like Kentucky Fried movie has a laugh track. And then this is like mash. It's funny, but it's got like, it's, it, it's the way it's presented. It, it almost seems like it's, you don't know you're about to get a comedy in a lot of these sketches. Cause it's, it's like, I think about like the hospital scene it, and it's, it's presented as like, I don't know, almost like a play, you know, like each sketch is like a little play, except for some of the like parody shows. I I, I don't know. It, it's just, it has a different feel to it than some of these other, you know, than the Zucker Abrams Zucker, you know, um, films. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just something about the aesthetic to it. And it just, it didn't catch people's, you would think the star power alone would have got people in. 
but maybe yeah. people were just not interested. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was up against something like in 87. What was out in 87? Was that like, you know, some, some killer movie was probably out that weekend and it just, nobody went and saw this. <laughs> Police Academy 4? I don't know. Hell yeah, I'd go see that, go over that. <laughs> that that would, uh, that'd be yeah. Gutenberg versus Gutenberg at that point. Right? Ooh, yeah. Gutenberg ruling the box office. 87 would have been what, Predator? Um Amongst oh well, others. this is good. this would get creamed by Predator. I mean that that that, that would be that would be a rough one to open against. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before we before we conclude this discussion, it it the and uh, specifically focusing on the title, we we should mention that this this uh, in a backhanded way gave its title to one of the truly great episodes of Futurama, uh, Amazon Women in the Mood, in which uh, <laughs> uh, Fry and uh, Zap Brannigan end up and. Kiff is that the little green alien's name? End up on the the planet of giant women. So, which is a, a somewhat mm. more kind of like what I imagined this movie actually would be, um, based solely on the title. People <laughs> ending that's, up on uh, the that, planet that's, of giant women. Right, exactly, and that's one of the best <laughs> episodes of Futurama. <laughs> Death it really by is Snoo brilliant. Snoo. Yeah, that's by Snooze New, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? No, oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, The Princess Bride came out one week after Amazon Women on the Moon. Uh, it's possible that, <laughs> that I don't know what came out on the actual date of it, but Princess Bride was a pretty big movie, if I recall. I've, uh, I've just looked up the weekend domestic chart for the weekend that this movie came out. It's not even in the top 13. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it got beat by things like Fatal Attraction, uh, oh, Hellraiser, yeah. Dirty Dancing, mm. Stakeout. Uh, La Bamba, Can't Those Buy all... Me Love. What was number well, one? Well, uh, Fatal Attraction was number one. Yeah, that, that movie was a juggernaut. Yep. Yeah. Um, still, yeah. Dirty Dancing did okay, too. Yeah, Dirty Dancing <laughs> was a slow burn. Dirty Dancing, like, started low. This is one of those that it we're, we're moving into the blank check podcast territory where they discuss the the weekend right. grosses. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, at least I didn't make it into a game for you guys to guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would be totally out of luck. I do not have the savant like ability that Griffin Newman has to remember all this stuff, but it's insane. Yeah. Maybe we should get him on this show. Oh, he could probably, yeah, he, he could, he could run the gamut on this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, not even making the top 13 is, is kind of rough and I'm not sure where Landis was in terms of his career. At this point, I, I know that there was a bit of a downturn after the Twilight Zone debacle, um, but uh, I'm not I'm not precisely sure what what preceded and and immediately succeeded this mm. film. I get the impression from what I've read that Landis was kind of the prime mover behind getting this going. I, know, I feel Landis is an interesting dude. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had more to say on that, but. His his sensibilities are are often interesting. The kind of projects he's attracted to and stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, he, now he he did um, well amongst many other things. He did American Werewolf in London. Yes. Yeah, I, I noticed in the uh, Arsenio Hall sketch that uh, one of the many videotapes under the TV is is that. Oh, okay, a little self referential work there. Yeah, Land Landis is yeah as you say and and. An interesting character, certainly an important filmmaker in in some regards. Um, problematic figure in in some others, but that's probably outside sun, the purview. Sun certainly of his. is. Uh, he has no son. That man, <laughs> that man will not be discussed in the context of this podcast. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, so do, does anyone have any concluding thoughts on uh, Amazon Women on the Moon before we step aside and allow our the next hosts to take over and discuss the first segment? I think it would be interesting to see what kind of reaction, um, you know, a modern viewing audience has to this, like uh, Gen Z. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of, I don't know that it has the long tail reputation wise that certain other like we've said movies of the era era have but mm-hmm. it's definitely got high highs i was i actually just was looking up the reception and that's basically what a lot of the um critics at the time were saying there there were some good it was very uneven there would be some high highs and basically some low lows and and some of them were vulgar and not funny at all um yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, actually, that assessment. I wouldn't necessarily worry about the vulgarity of it because it's not overly vulgar, except maybe a uh, scene or two are, are a little more risque than others. But it's um, it, it definitely there are definitely skits that if I could fast forward through, I basically will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but overall, I think it's a fun movie. I think everybody should check it out, especially if they're a fan of comedy. It's if if you're bored with a skit, it's it. it there's like what 13 to 15 skits in 85 minutes. They're not long lasting. It's, it's in and out. Um, I, I would be curious as to somebody younger. I wouldn't show it to my son just yet. <laughs> um, because of some of the, <laughs> some of the skits, but, uh, I, I would be curious as to what a modern audience would, would think of it as well. Well, I think, uh, I've commented myself out on the movie as a whole, but I am looking forward to discussing exactly two sketches in my my episode nice yeah i will be discussing uh i'm i'm on on the dock for one so um, but it's supposedly one of the really good ones so i'm looking forward to seeing that ah, excellent. <laughs> excellent. and i'm on the hook for two as well and i you know like to think they're two of the better ones so uh, i i can't wait to see what other people have to say about the movie though not just what i have to say <laughs> yes same here uh, so, uh, to finish things off, we'll just plug anything that we, we want to plug Tim, if you want to go first. Sure. Uh, nothing of crazy consequence, but you can always find me on Twitter. If you choose, it's my name, Tim Holsizer, and that's T I M H U L S I Z E R. And Brian. Brian. Oh, thanks. Well, I have the Marine Corps movie minute podcast, which I, uh, the thought behind it is doing Marine Corps movies one minute at a time. Uh, but we've only finished Heartbreak Ridge, the Clint Eastwood classic. So mm-hmm. that's in the bag. If anybody's interested in that, uh, sometime in the very far future, I plan to do full metal jacket, but don't hold me to it. Yeah, great. Movie. But I do have a, yeah, I, I, I like them both personally, but, um, uh, I, what I do have currently ongoing with tra- uh, another movies by minutes, um, uh, from Watchmen Minute, Travis Bow, him and I, we've started a Marvel Events Timeline podcast. It's a podcast where we are looking at the Marvel Comics event by event. And we're starting at the very beginning, Marvel Comics number one back in 1939. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, it's going to take some time to get up to the modern stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's that's been out. Um, and it, it, if you want to find that, that's at Marvel Events Pod both on Twitter and Instagram. And of course you can get all our links from there. Oh, that sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Uh, so for myself, uh, I'm on Twitter at Joel A. Bakker. That's B A K K E R. All same on Instagram. Instagram's better because you get to see pictures of my cat. 
Um, I did a project with Darren last year where I guest hosted his Prince track by track podcast and uh, kind of shanghaied it and discussed Captain Beefheart's Trout Mask Replica. So that's still available for, for anyone who wants to listen to that. Uh, and I also do some work with a group called Creators Assemble, which is dedicated to uh, comic artists and getting their uh, work out there and uh, the use of comics and graphic novels in education. That's at creatorsassemble.org. Uh, they do some pretty cool stuff, and I, I help out whenever I can. Uh, That's great. Awesome. So, yeah, I don't. we don't have, like, a cool sign-off, as far as I know, uh, that we have <laughs> been provided to, to uh, finish this off. So uh, we will just say uh, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the movie, and uh, looking, looking forward to hearing what people have to say about the seg- remaining segments. There ain't no fucking Thelma here. That <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great sign off. Yeah. Thanks everyone. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> ain't no fucking Thelma here, man. Look, the bitch don't live here.